Welcome to The Doctrinal Component with Tom Nettles, brought to you by Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries is a reformed teaching organization committed to the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. For more teaching material by Dr. Nettles, please visit founders.org. Hello, welcome to this edition of The Doctrinal Component. I'm Tom Nettles, and together we're looking at Titus 1, seeing the phrases that he uses in the first four verses, and how rich their theology is and how they uh, lead us into an investigation of the entire corpus of Scripture uh, to find out exactly how Paul is instructing and encouraging Titus in his ministry there in Crete. In our last session, uh, we looked at what it means that Paul has said that they are to, that, that they have a knowledge of the truth he says that he's an apostle for the sake of the faith of God's elect, even their knowledge of the truth. Uh, the very next phrase then, he says, uh, which accords with godliness. Uh, this truth that is given us, the revelation that is given us, the deposit of faith that is to redeem us, that is to be the power of God unto salvation, by which we will receive forgiveness of sins, by which we will be justified, by which we will be drawn to worship the Lord Jesus Christ and enter into fellowship with the triune God through him, uh, this truth, Paul says, accords with godliness. If one has believed with the faith of God's elect, godliness will not be foreign to his affections. In fact, he cannot have faith and repentance <clears throat> apart from a genuine approval of the holiness of the law of God and the righteousness of the law of God. He cannot have repentance and faith unless he has an approval of his own condemnation by the law because uh, he has fallen short of the righteousness which the law demands. Uh, he cannot have the faith of God's elect uh, without godliness because uh, he has come to Christ and has admired him and desired him because of his righteousness, his perfect obedience to the law. He has seen that the knowledge of Christ Jesus is far more excellent than anything else that we could have in this life or in eternity. And so this knowledge of the truth is that which accords with godliness. The person who has this knowledge of the truth will have a desire to know and glorify God. He will see the, the beauty of God's holiness. He will see the loveliness of God's righteousness. He will seek to embrace it as his own. He will look forward to the time uh, when he will be free from the presence of sin and the power of sin. Uh, he will look forward to that time when righteousness reigns and holiness is that which gives uh, beauty and excitement uh, and uh, gives uh, joy uh, to the entire environment. And so this distinctive element of faith is something that supports Paul's instructions further in this epistle. He has introduced it here with this phrase, which accords with godliness. But then in <clears throat> verses 15 and 16 of chapter 1, we read this, To the pure all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, 
but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. And so those who have the faith of God's elect, those who have a knowledge of the truth, see and revel in those things that are pure. They see God's purposes as pure and holy. Uh, they desire to embrace that as their own. That is the thing that drives them. That is what motivates their pilgrimage here. To the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled and unbelieving, they do not desire purity. They do not want purity for purity's sake. They do not, they do not want purity and righteousness and holiness because it is a reflection of the glory of God. They simply seek their own pleasure. They seek those things that are defiled, those things that are uh, filled with uh, the destructiveness of the way we seek them through our own pleasures. But those who have the faith of God's elect and have a knowledge of the truth know that this is something that accords with godliness because that is the very thing that has drawn them to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ. He also mentions in chapter 2, verse 11 through 14, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. The grace of God that brings us salvation, therefore, the grace of God that shows us the beauty of Christ and that says that our works are nothing and that we are saved purely by grace is the same grace that brings us to desire and embrace godliness, to seek to escape from lawlessness. Uh, uh, we seek to be purified and realize that only His grace will do it, but we long for uh, the completion of that gracious work of making us pure and godly. We find also that in chapter 3, verse 8, after he has talked about how the mercy of God has appeared and is not according to works of righteousness which we have done that we are saved, but he goes on to say, this saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things, he says to Titus, so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent. That is, there is an intrinsic beauty in them. There is an intrinsic virtue in them. There is something absolute about these things as we seek to do good works because good works are defined uh, specifically in terms of those things that are revealed in the commandments of God, in the law of God. They are a reflection of his prerogative over our lives and of his singular blessedness, his singular beauty, his singular holiness. And so when we pursue good works, we are doing it in light of an evaluation that the Spirit has brought us to place upon God and His law as that which is holy and right and good. And so the Apostle Paul is instructing Titus simply in this, this phrase, uh, which accords with godliness. He is giving us a picture of the very nature of the gospel, the nature of the truth, 
the nature of faith, and those things that should characterize the people of God. Well, thank you for listening, and our next time uh, we will look at the next phrase that we have here in Titus 1, 1 through 4.